This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, and welcome back to the Young Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Kenzie Aaron of Aaron Iron and Steel. Let's get right into it. So this is the podcast by young makers, about young makers, and for everybody. And with me in the studio today is a great, great guest and somebody who I was just introduced to recently. And it is Noah of NC Ring Designs. And he does a lot of, um, does a lot of, well, rings is probably a good starting point in the name. I'm sure you guys figured that out. Um, I seen, you know, he does some knives. He does a lot of really interesting stuff. I'm sure he can explain it a lot better than I can. So without further ado, you know, Noah, take it away. Yeah. Hey guys. Uh, my name is, uh, Noah Cochran. Um, I guess we can kind of, uh, start with, so I'm 18 years old. Um, I've been tinkering around with things for quite a while. Um, it, one thing kind of led to another. Um, I started off just playing around with wood. Uh, I loved, uh, you know, just cutting, a lot of hand tooling, um, not making anything in particular. You know, when I was younger, I'd make some toy swords, um, some birdhouses, just fun stuff. And throughout the years, um, I slowly kind of went in the direction of rings. Um, there's something captivating about the, the size of a ring and how much detail that you can fit into such a small piece of jewelry. Um, but I've recently uh, taken up uh, knife making, which is really awesome. I stabilize most of my own wood, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, Aaron, I do um, kind of well-rounded in a lot of things. You know, played around with a lot of different, a uh, lot of different uh, areas, and uh, rings is definitely one of my go-to's though for my favorite, uh, for my favorite type of stuff to do uh type of hobby in a sense yeah well you can almost see that your uh your mixed mixed media background in your rings you use a lot of different things between metals and composites and woods and it makes for a really interesting body of work yeah uh that's that's true um i tend to get i wouldn't say bored um, but I like to cycle through my materials, um, and it's really uh, it's exciting being able to work with new materials in your rings. Um, so I started off primarily with woods. Love the woods. Uh, love different types of you know the burls and curlies and how you can incorporate those into a ring. Uh, from there, I started kind of wandering over to carbon fiber, um, and that stuff's awesome. The different types and how uh, diverse types of carbon fiber are. Is truly amazing. Um, so then I would kind of pair those two up. From there, I went down the line of resins, then from resins to metals. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I don't know maybe if it's, I love working with the materials or different materials, but I've kind of uh, dabbled around in a lot of different uh, different materials throughout the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. I mean, oops, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you, you go ahead. Uh, currently, uh, metals is kind of what I'm uh, been tinkering around with. Uh, I like the idea of being able to make a ring that you know is guaranteed to last a very long time, and I like titanium, Damascus, uh, Damascus, like all those metals kind of guarantee the longevity of the ring. Yeah, hundred percent. Metals, metals are awesome. I mean, can we all admit, like metals, metals are great. I, you know, I obviously work with steel. Um, any savings that I have is in the form of like silver coins, like pure one ounce silver coins, which I mean, it's not much of a savings account, but I've got a couple of them, you know, stashed away for a rainy day. Um, I'm fascinated by jewelry and that's why, that's one of the reasons I'm interested to have you on is to talk about, you know, jewelry as a whole because it's, it's interesting as it's something that can take any form and be made out of anything. You know, a knife, it's got to be you know, metal and something, really. Whatever you want to do for the handle. And its function is number one. But, you know, jewelry has this other interesting... You know, there's a lot of ways you can go with it. Um, and so I think that 
That's interesting that you, as somebody who likes to work with so many different materials, it you know kind of makes sense that you would be drawn into into jewelry. Yeah, oh. um, it's definitely it's definitely been a highlight. You know, another fun part is you know when you buy a block of wood uh, and stabilize and whatever not, you get a lot longer use out of that block of wood uh, compared to knives. I've just uh, recently been doing knives, and I mean. I'm really getting the you know the knife maker struggle of keeping up with material, right? Like every knife takes usually one block or a pair of scales, and that's uh, that's as much as you get. Um, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I love that rings are small and you can really work with them. Um, other than that. Let's see. I work with. I mean, woods are awesome. I that's why knife makers aren't allowed to host podcasts. So there was some internet problem. We're just gonna ignore it and keep going. So Noah, you were talking about uh, stabilizing wood. Yeah, I was just uh, touching on the fact that um, I think part of the reason why I stabilize my own wood, or one of the reasons I enjoy stabilizing my own wood, is just kind of walking through the process um, of you know either whether it's making a ring or making a knife. I just walking that material through to completion it just feels like that one more step in the uh the chain that's that's really cool to make your own in a sense yeah well that's really interesting and i've always wanted to try stabilizing wood i have one piece of stabilized wood that i'm too scared to use i'm waiting for a special knife for it yeah um i was lucky enough to be able to uh meet some some good guys and uh a little bit older, so I was able to get a job and whatever not, and I was able to, you know, really play around with stabilized woods a lot. Um, uh, and I enjoyed buying it. I mean, it's, I don't know, there's something just really exciting about buying new stabilized wood, especially when it's fancy stuff. But uh, it's pricey stuff, so I kind of went the route of learning to make my own to save that, save a little bit of cost where I can, and learn to perfect the process. Yeah, that's well, that's a really good way of going about um you know, avoiding those financial issues. It's hard when you're young to buy all that expensive stuff. You know, I'm looking at a uh, heat treating kiln, which I know $3,000 is a long way from like a $60 block of wood, but it's the same idea, you know. It's hard to get into that big stuff when you're young. No, absolutely. Um, so speaking of getting into stuff when you're young, you had mentioned earlier that, um, that you started you know, tinkering around with wood when you were very young. So does one of your parents do stuff like that or you you had to pick it up all by yourself? <laughs> uh, no, in a sense, I'm kind of the odd one out. Um, my parents, uh, my, my dad uh, isn't, he's a, he loves working around the home or whatever. Now, he's not big on woodworking, though. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, it's really, I guess, something I picked up. I don't know, I really don't know who I got it from, honestly. But I wouldn't say neither my mom and dad are big on woodworking. Uh, they highly support, uh, you know, my rings and my knife making and the other hobbies that uh, that I do. But they're not, they don't do it themselves. Interesting. Because most people I have on here say, well, you know, I was I was in the shop since I was six. You know, I was, I was wearing a dusk mask before I was wearing diapers kind of idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. That's interesting that you picked it up all by yourself. So all, buying tools must have been tough. It was certainly something. I was able to. Uh, I mean, now I'm kind of getting to that, you know, that, that, that sweet point in a sense. I mean, I'm far off that really, really sweet point where you, you know, you make um, enough to get your own tools. But I'm, I've been able to save up kind of from uh, different commissions and whatever not, and slowly just stock the shop up properly. Um, but I started off with like the little tools, like the oscillating sanders and the, the little Dremels um, and just really the basic tools. And then kind of when I started um, narrowing down what I enjoyed, um, for example, you know, rings, that's kind of when I started investing in looking towards getting the proper material, uh, or pro sorry, proper tool set up um, to kind of help me accomplish what I was aiming for. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what you have to do is you have to focus yourself and then you can pick the right tools. I know my shop right now is a lean, mean knife-making machine. Uh, <laughs> it's all it's all focused towards just making kitchen knives. 
Um, although this week I've been spending a lot of time looking at expanding my product line uh, from kitchen knives. I I've dealt so I my week's been pretty all over the map here. Um, but I built the website. The website is up. Check out AaronIronAndSteel.com. Uh, that's and let me know what you think about it and if I have any typos or anything, all you listeners out there. But that came out really. I'm really happy with the website. I'm really pleased, and I need to add uh, you know some care guide sheets and uh, you know some legal type. I don't know about if legal is the right term, but yeah, add some you know boring pages onto the website for people to read through. But I've got a couple, I've only got one thing for sale up on the website right now, which is a little seven, I want to say seven inch uh, kitchen knife that I finished up this week. And so that's up on the website. And then I've been, I'm waiting for an order of belts. So I've been tinkering around with uh, center punches and cold chisels and uh, Japanese skiving knives for leather and trying to figure out some more small things that I can make quickly and put on the website. So it's oh, been a it's been a yeah. big week of little things, and then today, <laughs> I moved everything around in the shop, and there's actually a sort. It was used as a closet. It's actually a nice sized grinding room, and so I'll soon be moving my grinding stuff into the closet as a grinding room. I just need to figure out ventilation, which is going to be, uh, you know, dust collection. It's going to be fun. So Man, yeah. yeah. That's uh, that sounds nice. Uh, yeah, grinding room is gonna be crazy. <laughs> Death kills me in my shop. So uh, yeah, having your own grinding room would man that would. Uh, can only imagine the difference that would make. Oh yeah, well you know you grind one handle and you've got wood dust across the whole shop, and you know you can't take off your respirator for an hour after you're done grinding because it's all in the air. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky though. That shop that I'm in right now is so perfect, and my grandparents let me use it. So I'm really, I'm really uh, in a sweet position. I appreciate it, and I, I'm really hyper aware today. After you told me, you know, you you didn't really have any tools to start. You had to start from your own tools. You know, uh, I'm really aware of all these tools. Like my family has been welding and you know working with tools for a long time so there's a lot of tools just floating around that sort of end up on my workbench and you know people seem to be happy just to get it used i mean let let's take this for perspective just today i was gifted a hundred pound propane tank and uh and a welder an ancient welder that we're gonna have to see if it who knows if it still works but it runs stick tig or mig like it'll do whatever you want Ooh, uh, that's gonna be nice so, for Damascus having oh a stick welder. God. Yeah, like it's wild, and and an oxy propane setup, oh all in, all today, while we cleaned out that closet. So that was just absurd. Um, so thanks to my grandparents and my uncles and you know everybody around. Yeah, so I mean I I kind of feel for you having to buy your tools because I just get mine for free. Yeah, but no. Yeah, it's something though, but I mean, there is something, um, it is, I personally, I enjoy when I am able to go and buy new tools. There's something fun about that oh, that I personally sure. enjoy, but then at the same time, you know, you kind of get slapped on the back end with the price of a new tool compared to that. And I've been finding um, that a lot of the big names, they tend to rely on using older tools rather than new, newer tools, especially when it comes to lathes. You'll see a lot of guys, I mean, there's these mini lathes, that's what I use, mini metal lathes, and they work great, but a lot of the um, the more experienced uh, makers, they'll actually use like 1980, 1970, some of them even use like a 1945 lathe to make their rings because they spin so true and so accurately. Um, and I, I just find that amazing, you know, that after so many years that these machines can still run so so well yeah yeah old tools are so awesome and i have that little giant that i'm renting and that thing is just the coolest tool like and yeah that's another it's almost 100 years old but it just swings like new oh yeah that's that, <laughs> that must move material nice and quickly oh my god that thing is amazing 
That's another one. I was lucky, you know. Renting power hammers isn't something that's it's not like a car you can just go to the dealership, you know. But I was really lucky to to live near Ethan and to be in that shop where I can have the hammer. So everything is, you know, my life honestly, my shop life is just uh coming together really beautifully all at once. So that's really awesome. But what's been what's been going on in your shop this past week? What have you been up to? All right. So let's see. Uh, started off the week, it was busy. I had a couple ring orders. I had one for uh, like a hybrid type ring. Uh, it was titanium cast and resin with a curly koa liner. Um, so that was a really fun one. Got that one all finished up and uh, just about shipped out. Um, then I'm still still slowly working away at a Damascus ring. Um, I love the material, love the look of it. But man, that, that material... Uh, moves very slowly on the lathe, so it takes takes a decent while. So uh, I'd like to say I got that done this week, but unfortunately I got it like half done. There's still a lot more work to do on it. Um, finished up another two custom orders of uh, Fortite and uh, Walnut Burl, um, which was a lot of fun. Those turned out nice. Um, those ones are a little bit quicker rings, so they were, they were a real blast uh, to make. Um, then I really worked through kind of cleaning up the shop after that. Um, that's my own my own worst enemy is cleaning the shop. Oh. I uh, oh, it gets me every time, man. I spend uh, more time sweeping than I spend working. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, couldn't get any more accurate than that. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem like even a ring, right? It's so small. Like how much dust could it really make? Man, you'd be shocked. Um, so yeah, so I, I cleaned up the shop a little bit. Um. Then, uh, I mean, if I go back to the week before uh, this week, so last week, um, I, I, I finished constructing my uh, 2x72 grinder. Uh, that was a new addition to the shop, so that was, you know, I was pumped to get that done. Uh, that was just the hard frame, so then this week I was able to purchase the motor on a couple of the accessories for it. Um, so that's going to help me along um, with my knife making, as that's another thing I'm trying to get up and going. Um in addition to my rings, as kind of a side branch. So yeah, it was a really good week. Uh, a little while earlier today, I finished up uh, one of my first uh, chef knives. Uh, turned out absolutely amazing. Uh, it had a painted finish on it. I'm not sure if you've. I don't know the exact terminology to call it, but it's uh, it, like the blade almost has like a painted finish to it. So it's all black and uh, with some silver striping going through it. Oh, um, so you you like put something on the blade and then etched it? Yeah. So yeah. then you have like yes with what nail polish? Yeah, I use nail polish. It worked. Okay. Uh, it worked very very well. Um, yeah, and I think that's, that's cool gonna be finish. my new. Yeah, I think that's gonna be my new finish for my knives. I'm uh, hopefully gonna get a couple more done in the next couple weeks, and I think that's gonna be the finish that uh, I'm gonna work on perfecting because it's so elegant. Um, and just some Fordite and Buckeye Burl uh, handle on it. And honestly, for my first kitchen knife, uh, I'm blown away. How good it looks! Uh, it's already sold. Somebody already picked it up. So uh, I am. It's just. It's been a really good week, actually. Some weeks uh, I usually break more material than I uh, get orders out the door, but uh, this week worked out for the better. Awesome! Yeah, that's great. It's nice when everything starts flowing. You know, uh, some weeks, some weeks, you know, you just choke every day. But you know, some weeks uh, productivity is up, business is booming. Uh, it sounds like you had a good week. And I seen some of your stories of that kitchen knife coming along. I didn't see it finished, but it was looking good. I liked that profile you had on there. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely a work in progress. I, uh, I'll have to get those finished uh, finished pictures up. But um, I don't. I for my first one, it's good to know. I mean, I'd like to say it can only go uphill from here, um, since it's already really good. But the reality with knife making or any making in general is uh, occasionally you do go downhill. So, uh, say to see what I'm able to get done. My second one is always worse. Is it? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anytime I make something, I'll be like, "Oh, that first one turned out pretty good," and then the second one never works. It ends up terrible. But then you know, after that, it it's all uphill from there, or downhill. Yeah. It's, it's, good. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all thumbs up from there. So, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I, I find I mean, especially with the rings. Um, there's definitely, I definitely have to have a bit more of the production um, status to it. I usually, with my rings, how they work, if someone 
places a custom order. Uh, their price will usually be a little higher since it's the first. And then as time goes on, if that ring starts to really pop, then I will uh, then I'll kind of make a process for it, and then from there refine the process. Uh, but by no means are they all the same quality. Sometimes uh, I have to scrap a couple in order to get that quality that I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, and quality control is kind of the most important thing as a as a handmade you know as an artisan or an artist or craftsperson whatever you like to categorize yourself as it's really important for you know quality control if you're putting your name on it i mean it's the thing that separates us from machines and so yeah i think that's that's a good point about um figuring out processes and quality and i mean yeah i throw away half i was actually cleaning up the shop today and i ended up filling a drawer with you know, scrapped knife blades that I never ended up liking that much. So, yeah. yeah. Um, would you? So, <clears throat> I mean, everyone else, everyone has their own uh, take on this. What do you tend to do with your with your scraps? Is it something that you throw away? Something that you keep? Um, for me personally, I find that I have <laughs> I have a little ring holder with probably around two hundred rings on it that are all failed, um, and I like to keep it just kind of as like a representation of. You know, that's you know that's how many I failed to make what you know became like an awesome finished product, um, and it kind of it's like an encouragement for me. But I don't know. Do you? Uh, what do you? Well, it, um, handles I'll burn because I have a wood burning stove in my shop, so it just you know I get I am like oh this handle sucks and I just break it off and burn it. Um, but blades I can never bring myself to throw away. And most of my failed blades are just blades that I didn't want to put a handle on because I didn't, you know, it'll it'll be messed up in some way, and so I just decide not to put a handle on it. Yeah. Um, whether it's cosmetic or functional, you know. So sometimes I'll do edge tests on some of those. I should probably start breaking them to check uh, my grains and you know all that uh, heat treat stuff because I don't do that enough. But for the most part, yeah, they end up in a drawer because I say, oh, I'll just put a handle on it someday and give it out as a gift, but I never do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get you there. I get you there. So, yeah, I like it for motivation, yeah, they, but I mean, yeah, the thing with rings is once they break, there's not. I mean, knives are nice, right? You know, you have pieces that you don't like too much. You could always, if you ever really wanted to make something out of it, you could always refine it, make it smaller, cut off edges. Um, when a ring explodes yeah. on the lathe, there's usually not too much left of it. No, there's not a, there's not a lot you can do about that. I mean, a little duct tape might help, but it's only so <laughs> far you can go. Yeah, that's but knife true. making's nice. Knife makers don't make mistakes, just smaller knives. So we yeah, kind of got a little leeway there. <laughs> that's a good one. But yeah, it's been a crazy week. It's been a it's been a crazy week. It's winter break now. Which is nice. It's very nice. Uh, no more. I hate online school. I guess maybe hate is a strong word. I just don't like online school. Don't prefer it. So it's yeah. nice to be, you know, I mean, we have about a week of online school after the winter holidays. Um, so I'll get through that and then hopefully we'll be back. I mean, there's COVID vaccines flying around left and right. I mean, you know, so hopefully we'll be back to normal pretty soon. Although I gotta admit, I like the extra time in the shop. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice for the flexibility of it, isn't it? Um, I was uh, yeah. I was homeschooled my entire life, uh, so I did most of my courses and whatever not online. It was just uh, I have quite a few other siblings, so it was you know something neat that my mom enjoyed doing with teaching us. And personally, I always loved it. But compared to books, you know, um, all the way up to I think it was grade nine, we would we'd have textbooks and whatever not, basically the same you guys in public school um but then at that certain point um where you know we had to start preparing for what we wanted to do after school uh, we would do online courses um because it's much better recognized by schools to get into schools hmm. um and man yeah. though i never liked online courses they are the worst well i just have a hard time focusing at home when i took summer school uh, to, a little bit to get ahead last summer and man that really dragged that was terrible I had to do I spent like six hours in a McDonald's and Drumheller while we were camping because I had to do my career and life management 
class. It was it was horrible. Oh, so, yeah, that sounds right. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's a little bit different from normal online school, but it's it's the same idea. It feels like there's better stuff to do. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, f although no exams, we're not taking. I guess. Oh, you got in Ontario. What you guys don't have uh, diplomas, do you? Like diploma exam. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Uh, for what? For... I think only Alberta does that. Ooh, that's kind of rough. Like at, at the end of grade 12, it's like, what is it, 25, 30% of your grade or something? And you have to take an exam in each of your classes. It's brutal. But we don't have to do that this year. And I chose this year to take an extra social studies class. So that's going to be awesome. I get to bypass that <laughs> exam. That is nice. And Oh, yeah, it's really sweet, actually. Because, you know, kids are, a lot of kids are really stressed with COVID and, you know, how interrupted learning your school is right now. So it's kind of a weird situation as a student, but it's almost weirder as a young maker because we're getting all this extra time at home, but there's almost more emphasis put on our studies. And then we've got the stress of getting out orders and studying for whatever, you know, with our school and figuring all that out so we've got like we've all it's kind of a weird situation where we've got the stress of both an adult and a kid right now and, well any young makers who are selling their who are trying to run theirs as a business you know no absolutely i uh, i completely agree with you there um you know luckily <laughs> for me in a sense i was happy enough to uh, graduate uh this spring last spring um, and I mean, because of the whole COVID situation when it broke out, I mean, I finished up, um, like l late April, um, and I really, uh, I've been able to get a full-time job, um, and, but I was really able to dedicate more time into, uh, into just producing more rings and, or, uh, getting orders out the door. Um, but it's just been, as far as orders goes, it's been one of the weirdest years. Um, I don't know personally about you, but I found that over the entire summer months up to probably two, three months before Christmas, um, my orders were just popping. Like, I've never had such a good year for orders. And then as it got closer to Christmas and I started kind of ramping up my sales and trying to, uh, you know, getting my Christmas sale ready and whatever not, orders just completely died down. Um, and now it's only now coming really up close up to Christmas that they're starting to pick back up. And I'm just not, uh, it's been a really weird year for the locations of the sales and where I, what time of the year I've been selling. How weird is that? Oh, pardon me. That's really weird. I started selling in March um, is when I got my first custom order. And then from there, uh, I, I just got orders when somebody would get their knife and then post it on their story. And I, I was selling all my knives to bodybuilders because, you know, this one like bodybuilder guy put in the first order because he saw me on Josh Smith. So it was all these people connected to like Sorenex and all that type of stuff. And so this guy put in his order and, to, you know, when he posted it, then I got like three more. And then someone like pretty famous bodybuilders, he has like 75,000 followers or whatever. However wow. many, it was pretty serious. And so when he posted his is when I got a bunch of inquiries and orders all at once. And then they've dried up completely. I've just been filling those orders. I've got one left, and I'm hoping that people will start buying stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's dried up pretty good. So hopefully the website will boost sales, and next year I'll be able to tell you how my sales seasons went. But yeah, I don't know. It's been uh, yeah, well, that's awesome though. It's good when you're able to kind of land yourself almost on a jackpot of people. Um, it's tricky yeah, to do, and I get it. Kind of makes sense. It, like if you think about it for people to be home cooks to be buying expensive kitchen knives it's like you know it's these people or it's this group of people who almost has you know they they probably cook for themselves a lot because they want this you know healthy food and they're cooking lots of like meat and vegetables they probably eat a lot too to be bodybuilders honestly you know you know you need a lot of calories and because they're probably not eating out very much, they probably have this kind of extra money. And I guess they spend it on... I don't know how bodybuilders live. 
it almost makes sense as a demographic. Maybe it's confusing. I'm kind of lost. I I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But yeah, it's been a cool year to start selling. It's been a weird year to start selling stuff. I mean, you know, the economy. I mean, supposed to be the worst year possible to start a business. But I'm a little kid, so I don't really count as the economy, which is nice. Yeah, you're able to escape some of that uh, economy, which is it helps. Helps. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of outside of the economy. I do my own thing. Maybe I'm making stuff up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I started selling stuff this year, and it's been good to me so far. Uh, paid for my two yeah. by seventy two, and has bought me belts up until now. Man, belts are expensive. I uh, um, yeah. Well, I, who would you recommend for belts? What's your like kind of go to? I buy Norton belts from, uh, like, I buy the Blazes from Canadian Knife Maker. And he's, you know, a couple hours away from me, so I get pretty good shipping. Although this Christmas time, it's taking a long time for me to get my stuff. But yeah, I, I've used, I've only ever used Norton. Norton? But, um, and I've liked them. I've had no issues with them at all. They're they have a nice of, life? Oh, yeah. They, they yeah. Have, they like anything I've read or heard. They seem to be competitive with anything I've heard about, but I haven't tried anything. I mean to try. the pl- The company that makes my grinder, Vashti Grinders, now sells VSM belts, so I'm curious to try those. Uh, there's oh. another knife maker supply an hour from here that sells Trizact belts, so I want to test those out. But Norton makes a structured abrasive too, and that's what I use. So yeah. I- you know, any like real brand name is a, I would go for. Uh, Combat. I've actually heard bad things about Combat abrasives. Have you? I heard yeah. Red Label abrasives. I believe that's it. Um, I've heard amazing things about them. That's. Uh, I say that yet my first belt buy for my two S F D two is just off Amazon, which. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm not expecting the ones off Amazon to last very long, especially when you get like forty belts for like thirty dollars. No, the, <laughs> the durability of those belts are probably uh, serve their purpose before they've even been used. You're just gonna burn your steel up. Um, I I believe that, and I've used cheap sandpaper. You know, everyone starts out using sandpaper from, you know, the the hardware store, and I started using Norton Black Ice sandpaper, and what a big what a big step up that is. That's some nice sandpaper. And like I was talking to Josh Smith about it, he said it's uh, maybe it's lower grits aren't quite as aggressive as Rhino Wet, but it's higher grits last longer. So I trust Josh Smith. I mean, he's he's a master smith. He's incredible. So when he told me that my black ice sandpaper was just as good as the Rhino Wet, I trust him pretty good. Um, so I'm happy with what I'm using. And yeah, belts. I mean, oh, ten bucks a belt sucks. But I think I think it ends up being worth it. Oh, absolutely! Everything, um, you know, the thing with making in general is everything balances out eventually, right? So you know whether you dump ten dollars a belt, or you know you decide the cheaper route and you go, you know, three dollars a belt. By the time it's all said and done, you're probably going to end up replacing that three dollar belt probably more than that ten dollar belt to a degree where you're actually hurting yourself financially. And you're burning up steel because you don't know that the belt's no good until it starts to suck. You know what I mean? Oh, that's yeah, yeah. I learned that. Uh, learned that today on that chef knife. Oh, I went through like did. twelve belts on a little two by thirty. Don't have my two by seventy two set up yet, so it's uh, good. Sandpaper makes all the difference. Yeah, good sandpaper. All young makers listening who are about to get their first 2x72, they're boggling <laughs> their first 2x72 and have no money, or have just recently bought their first 2x72, or have been using it for a while and, you know, are buying, like, aluminum oxide belts. Don't. Don't do this to yourself. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a belt sponsor yet. Wink, wink, somebody out there, you know, send me free sand belts. I like that. But um, I, I can't say it enough. You gotta just buy good belts. Um, 
And I guess we should just leave it at that. And don't play with aluminum oxide. I tried to like cheap out and buy aluminum ox or I tried to buy zirconia belts for wood. So I picked up like a 36 grit and a 60. And they even on wood I felt like they clogged up faster than my ceramics do. So I just use ceramic belts for everything except uh, final handle polishing. I'll take and put, you know, a four or six hundred grit aluminum oxide on a slack belt, and it's like this super thin belt. Which those super thin belts, by the way, I don't know if you've read too much about abrasives, but any of those like J Flex or super thin belts don't run it on your platen, especially not with the, on your blade, because. The seam where the sandpaper, or you know, where the belt is glued together, uh, it'll it'll jump on your on your platen every time, and you'll you'll never be able to get a good finish with that. So you can only use those really thin belts on your slack, and I'll use that for polishing up the handle. But that's it, and that's that's my recommendation for that's that's all the rambling about belts I'm gonna do. That's all I got. Okay, so let me let me gently direct the conversation in a new route now without anybody noticing. Oh, all right. Uh, so he's busy doing something. So you listeners. I would really love to have some listener uh, involvement in this show. I'd really love to have you guys involved in the content that I'm making, uh, even if it's just in feedback or anything like that. So if you guys could, you know, go to Young Makers Podcast on Instagram and send me uh, questions, comments, concerns, anything about the podcast or suggestions for what I can do with, you know, what what you'd like to see changed, or anything that I'm doing wrong, anything that you really like and you want me to, you know, oh, yes, I can. What's up? Are you there? Okay, so it sounds like he's having some tech issues. I'm just going to keep rambling. So send me suggestions for how you guys would like to get involved. Um, we could do some type of question system, you know. But I don't want to. I don't want to copy anybody. And a lot of the shows on the Makery have. Oh, is he there? Uh, no, are you there? Uh, not quite yet. So a lot of shows on the Makery have established ways of uh, listener involvement. You know, work for it podcast. With Brian House, he'll pose a question on Instagram and read out the answers on the show. Knife Talk obviously takes questions and dilemmas, but I'd love to hear how you guys would like to get involved with the show. Whether that be, you know, share a story and I'll, you know, maybe pick a story to read each week or something like that. So let me know what you guys think. Send something to at Young Makers Podcast. That's all one word on Instagram. And let me know what you think about the podcast. Noah, you're there now. Hmm. Would you look at that? Okay. <laughs> so we talk a lot. Well, we. I've got a plan. I've got a plan for the next couple episodes on the podcast. I'm going to. Hmm. I'm. I'm gonna be releasing. Okay, another internet drop. This one was actually really funny because I could hear his mic after he had like gotten kicked out of the, out of the recording session, and I just heard all these weird noises coming from his side. So that was, that was fun. But we've got more fun that you guys will be able to hear continuing on this podcast. So without too much rambling, let's get back to it. Now, Noah, I honestly don't remember what we were talking about at all. <laughs> uh, I mean... I'd like, like to say I know, but I don't either. We might have been rambling a little bit. Uh, there were multiple minutes between when we cut out and when we got back to it now. So 
I guess to kickstart the podcast and get it to keep going, let's look to the future. And I'd like to ask you about your future plans with, uh, what is it, NC Ring Designs? Yeah, um, let's see. So kind of what I'm aiming towards, um, I guess now we're going into a whole new year, right? So I guess you could say my business resolutions or my goals for at least next year. Um, I'd like to boost my sales a bit. I'd like to, um, I'm happy where I'm at with my rings. I'm happy with the types of rings I make. Um, I mean, there's always room for improvements. Probably add a couple more, a couple different types of rings, but I like to do more custom commission pieces. Um, But I'd really like to work on advancing uh, my knife making. Um, I'd like to have that going um, as a steady side to my rings. Um, Or even more... uh, even for it to surpass my rings, I'd be happy with. Um, I really do love making knives. Um, and it's that fun combo of both. You know, when you get a little bit tired of one, you can go to the other um, and vice versa. So I, I'd say that's kind of, you know, what I'm aiming towards. Hopefully adding a couple more tools to the shop collection over the year. But really being able to boost my sales, my representation, and the quality of my work. Awesome. That's a great answer. I think it's something that we can all strive for. Now, I'm curious because you're fresh out of high school, right? Well, yeah. I guess almost a year now. Huh? Yeah, it's getting but, there. So, obviously, COVID has made you know going to university and stuff really weird. But what do you plan to do with the company? Do you plan to go to school and become a doctor and keep it as a hobby? Or is this going to, you know, is this is this it? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, my original plan was um, going into this fall. Um, I got, I applied and got accepted into uh, George Brown um, uh, College Congrats. for thanks for jewelry, uh, jewelry arts. Um, so really getting into the higher class of jewelry, um, stone setting, gold, you know, diamonds like gemstones, precious metals, um, and with some great recommendations from you know family and friends, I decided to actually turn down that offer, and kind of just explore this year on where I want the direction of NC Rings to go and kind of the direction that I want to um, go with it. And if it is something that I want to pursue next year, then that's awesome. But at the moment, um, I think one of the best things I did was actually deferring, um, deferring my accept my acceptance um, because. As I know I would have enjoyed it, I'm not sure by the time I would have come out if it would have really been worth it. Um, I've already been implementing and practicing with some other pieces. Um, so I'm happy about that decision. So going on from here, right now I'm working with a carpenter, um, which is awesome. And I I think eventually I want NC Rings to become my full-time job. But at the moment that I'm at now, um, it's definitely a side hustle with the dream for it to become. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting that you got, you know, that you decided to wait. And that might be a good choice, especially with COVID, too, I bet. Yeah, I it would have been canceled. I don't know anyway. how you would run that. <laughs> but that's, huh. No, that's really cool that you're going to go to school for it. And I guess it's a lot easier to go to school for jewelry than it is to go to school for, you know, knife making. Um, Is that like a four-year degree or is that more of a diploma type idea? Yeah, it's more of a diploma type idea. It's, uh, let's see, there's a one-year course. Uh, It's kind of an introduction course. Um, That's not the one I want to take. I want to take the three-year course. And that'll kind of walk you through everything. Um, And you walk out with a diploma um, with arts, uh, with jewelry and arts, which is nice. Uh, really, that yeah. does set you up for a job as a jeweler. Um, but really, I don't... <clears throat> just the, the statistics of it is I do stand almost a better chance at just trying to grow my business than I do going to school, you know, um, paying the amount for my tuition, uh, and then trying to build something after that. Um, I kind of evaluate it, and that's you know still what I'm doing throughout this year. But the reality of it seems that if I you know put my nose to the grind, you know, working uh, my full time job, but then you know really investing in um, NC rings on the side, that hopefully at the end of those three years, 
I'll actually surpass where I would be if I Oh. Well, that's really cool because I've been looking at stuff like that um, and I was planning on going straight after high school to do a bunch of... I was on, like, I can't decide if I want to sit down and do a four-year degree in some type of arts or something similar like that or if I want to take a series of shorter, like one year and nine month and two-year courses and, you know, go across university to university and because I don't need to get a job so you know you pick out the courses that you want and then by the end of a after you know a couple years traveling around and learning then you know all the stuff that you know you need to know absolutely yeah that's you know that, that was part of what I was toying with seeing if you know I could learn enough of what I need to know by myself and then you know invest in other things it really goes both ways and I mean the reality is no matter which way I take I won't ever really know which one was better right yeah. Um, so yeah kind of just dabbling around in the arts in a sense and just uh, just trying to grow my business as much as I can over the next year no I think that's really awesome and I wish you all the best I think your rings are awesome so I think you definitely stand a chance um, but yeah art school is such a weird thing it's such and the look people give you when you if you say you want to go to art school is hilarious. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and they imagine you're like gonna try and be a painter as your job. I mean, like, you know, the arts, the arts. I look at the arts. I want to learn more of the crafty side of things. You know, with the, and honestly, I'd almost go just to get to try like glass and pottery and stuff. I mean, you're not gonna get to do it by yourself. So it's kind of a cool opportunity that's that's the part that Uh, really got me there was the fact that if you go to you know art school no matter really what you go in it gives you that chance to work with stuff that you know financially you might never have you know you might never want to invest in everything you would need to try you know glass blowing but you know you can you can at least try it and see what it's like along with pottery just like you said that's the part that i find so neat yeah yeah and you get to meet all these people that do it um it just seems so cool but at the same time i do feel like that i want to sit there and you know maybe work on my business for a year first especially i'm gonna graduate i'll be 16 and then you know i'll turn 17 that summer so i'll be really young when i graduate so i have time if i want to take a year off or if i want to dive into it i can spend you know five years in school or or take two degrees if i if i wanted to really be crazy i could sit there for eight years and take two degrees and come out and be like 26 you know so i kind of have all these choices and it's actually impossible so and i've started talking about this quite a lot on this show actually and it's because i realized that it's what young makers have to choose and I think it's one of the biggest things that hangs over the head of a lot of young makers is, you know, we're growing up. A lot of a lot of the people I have on the show are in high school and we won't be in high school forever. So we got to decide, you know, you want to focus on this or go into something similar or go be a doctor. I mean, and your parents have something to do with that and your school says something else. And it's really this it's, this is a really difficult decision and so I hope that I can help some people decide what to do with their lives. That's what this show is all about, is counseling, because I'm a registered professional. <laughs> well, that's I'm not a registered professional, so don't, like, you know, go taking my advice actually. Just, you know, just nod your head. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, I personally, you know, as I'm going through it, I would recommend, I mean, every person's different, right, and everything... Um, but my advice would be for those of you that are passionate about what you want to, you know, what you want to do, um, and you know you want to go to art school, and you know, I would still recommend taking that gap year and trying. That was uh, that was my goal for this gap year. I made a list of ten jobs that I want to do, ten things that you know I really want to do, and that could be, you know, my other passion. And then I went and. I started getting those jobs. I've worked like two 
through around three of those jobs ready, and I'm, I'm still going. And at the end of that year, if you still have that same passion for it, then nothing, you know, nothing lost, nothing gained, right? Um, and you you come out, you'll come out with more experience, you'll come out better. Um, in that gap year, you can invest your time into your business, um, especially, you know, um, like you, uh, Aaron, when you come out and you're, when you come out of high school and you're so young, it gives you so much time to figure out what you want to do. And, you know, that gap year can be so critical to helping with that. Yeah, 100%. It's a weird situation. Where It's the first time in your life where you have to decide what to do with yourself. I mean, it's always been put to you. So, But I had this, and I didn't write a list or anything like you did, but I had a moment where I was talking to somebody who is going to have to stop making knives because of health, and which is, you know, it's kind of the worst fear. And after that conversation, I thought to myself, well, I'd better, you know, wear a respirator because I can't not be doing this. And then after I said that to myself, I was like, oh, well, now I have to go to school for it. I mean, I can't go do something else. I just decided that I can't not be doing this. So now I have to do this. And then that was like this moment of clarity when I was like, all right, well, I guess I'd better go to art school then. And that was kind of. It was kind of awesome and kind of scary at the same time, so that was cool. No, oh, absolutely. Right? And in that sense, that's awesome that, you know, it, you feel it's so clear-cut for you. That, you know, in yeah. that, that's truly awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you mind if I just skip to a different subject quickly? PPE? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I needed to change the subject desperately, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. What do you, uh, as far as PPE goes, what do you normally, so you, you, you usually wear a respirator, I can only imagine, right? Yeah, um, but so how I've far got, is your, yeah. Well, I mean, I've got safety glasses on. Um, when I'm doing a lot of really heavy grinding or welding, I'll wear like the welder's beanie because I have uh, like, af I have an afro. So I'm really terrified of like a spark landing up in there or a piece of scale from forging landing up in there. And, you know, it's like a bird's nest. <laughs> It'll go up. Um, you know, I'll wear an apron sometimes. Obviously, I have a respirator. I've got the one with the quick release because I find it makes me wear it more. So I can have it just hanging off my head all day. And then when I grind, I find it really easy to just, you know, click it. Um, and that's just with a that's just with a dust cartridge. So I'm still a little bit worried about uh, welding fumes and any other fumes that I may be around. But I'll actually wear my respirator when I'm sweeping the shop too, which is which is kind of I don't know no. that one. My my Alexa just went off. Um, but yeah, I'll wear the respirator when I'm sweeping because I notice I kick up a lot of dust, and you know doesn't go a lot further than that i'm looking into ventilation for the grinding room and then keeping the grind the dust in that room will also just make the air in the rest of the shop a lot cleaner um what else do i do i don't do a lot more no that's good no i was just uh checking in you know i very much i follow you uh, i wear respirator and it's you know it's just one of those things that's kind of kicking my butt um it's like I mean good. I mean to put my respirator on every time, but man, I've uh, for the first couple months I was really solid with wearing it every time, and now I'm finding I leave it off more and more. I grinded most of the day today, and I didn't have it on, and I'm like, well, I should really have it on. Um, and it's one of those things that it's it doesn't seem important in the moment, and I'm really trying to make sure every time I go in I put on my respirator because it doesn't seem important in the moment, but the fact that you know you could end your life so much sooner just because you wouldn't wear something that was in your shop already um it's a scary thought right so i've uh well that's part of my new year's resolution there too <laughs> to wear my respirator oh, every point. time i'm grinding yeah well i the way i look at it is we're young makers i mean with any luck we'll be doing this for 70 years or similar things for 70 years 80 however long i mean how long can a person live 100 years I mean, you take good care of yourself, you can you can make knives for 80 years of that. But if you don't, 
you know, if you if you mess yourself up, I mean, I'm worried about my hammer arm forging. That's why that's one of the major reasons I got the power hammer actually is just to take some of the strain off my shoulder and my wrist and, you know, I don't want to destroy that arm too fast. I mean, I want to be doing this for a long, long time. And so as young makers, I think it's the most important that we wear our PPE all the time. And I have those Isotunes earbuds too, so I have hearing protection in all the time too. Actually constantly all day, which is really convenient for me because I probably wouldn't put it on all the time if I didn't just have it constantly. That's good to hear, that's good to hear. I don't know, that was just something I was wondering about because I wasn't too sure, you know, what other makers use in a sense for PPE. Um, I'm not a yeah. fan of safety glasses. It's not that I'm not a fan, once again, it's one of those things I tend to neglect. I tend, they always fog up. I've been getting better at it. I got a uh, metal shard stuck in my eye a month ago, a couple months ago. So I had to go get that removed. And uh, since then, I've been pretty good with wearing my safety glasses. Hmm. So Yeah, the safety glasses are the, the one that I'm the best. Well, I guess other than hearing protection, because I always have it. But like, so I'm good at safe. I'm proud of how good I am at safety glasses. Yeah. Especially when you have, like, buy new ones whenever they get scratched too bad. And it'll make you wear it more. Is something that I found. I got new safety glasses recently and I never take them off. You know, but when I had the old ones, I would pull them off all the time. So that's No, that's good to hear. That's really good to hear. But yeah, I mean, safety is, uh, safety is number one. And, um... Oh, and I work, I work around a lot of real... I don't know how much, like, compressed gas you have in your shop. But I have a lot. a lot all of a sudden. Do you? You know, I mean, I've got, I've got, well, I just got that 100-pound propane tank. So next week, that's going to be in there. That's a lot of gas. And then I've got an oxygen bottle and another propane bottle for my oxypropane torch. And, like, and a little propane torch that I use just for, like, you know, straightening blades and stuff. So I've got a lot of compressed gas kicking around, and that's terrifying. And everything's yeah, no. always hot in that shop, so I'm always scared of fires. Like things, are, things are dangerous. So I, you got to be very careful. No, absolutely. And, it's good to hear. Well, you mentioned that that was your New Year's re resolution, and that reminded me that my New Year's resolutions actually came together pretty well from last year. Last year, I said I wanted one thousand dollars in sales, like gross sales, not profit, and uh, one thousand followers. And so I did, I actually went way above $1,000 in sales. I was really happy. I, I, like, I sold my knives for more than I expected to, and I got those custom orders, and those came in really helpful. And then I've got 1,000 followers between my Aaron Iron and Steel page and the Young Makers page. I don't know if I have 1,000 unique followers, but total number is over. So I'm pretty happy. I'm, I'm pretty happy with myself. I think I did a nice job. Um, I haven't set my New Year's resolution for next year yet, but you know what? Maybe that would be a good idea. Maybe you guys, maybe the listeners should send us in their New Year's resolutions and we'll keep them honest. I don't know. Maybe that's a terrible idea. Maybe it's That's a great. pretty fine idea. We'll no, I, I like that. <laughs> see Someone if I have to keep us accountable for listener. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Anyways, yeah, maybe you guys should, if you want to, I'll post something up on the Young Makers podcast page and you guys can send in your New Year's resolutions to us and we'll we'll read the good ones out on the show. Yeah, that's awesome. No. Yeah, I no. don't... Oh, sorry, yeah, I'll let you take it away. Oh, well, we talked about your future and what you want to accomplish on the grand scale, but, I mean, what's the next thing you're going to buy? Ooh. That is a good question. Um, I've been fiddling around with upgrading my lathe for a while now. <clears throat> Lathes are expensive, right? So, you know, each one is a step up. But I don't know. It's one of those things. I think I would like to upgrade it. But then with that said, I just got my 2x72. So maybe I might be leaning towards a mill. I've been working. Uh, I've made some sand mine, some Damascus uh, billets. I'm working on some copper sand mine. Um, so it's nice being able to clean those up easily. Grinding takes quite a while. So being able to have a mill to uh, square it all up and everything would probably be my next 
That's a big one. So you're looking at some like a tabletop mill or you know one like a Bridgeport power feed and you know yeah, probably just a tabletop to start, you know. <laughs> Keep it somewhat reasonably priced and then it's one of those things, right? If I find <laughs> I use it enough, then I'd probably invest in a in a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're interested in milling, go check out the XYZ CNC podcast, a new show on the makery with uh Craig of Chop Knives and Aaron Go. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And check out the rest of the makery while you're there. But yeah, that's a big that's a big boy. That's a big that's a big purchase. Um, what do you I mean, have? My uh, next one is a dust. Yeah, collector. what do you have up your sleeve? Yeah, I need I need a dust collector now for the grinding room, and the trick is finding something that will collect both you know metal and wood without burning itself down so i don't know if there's i seen like who handmade knives he has another episode on this show oh pardon me uh he has another episode on this show he did he did a system with a water bucket first for the steel to fall into and then a bag for the wooden dust but i don't know if that would be enough to clean out the whole room so i might need although i suppose i could just use that directly under the grinder and then like a bit a larger air purifier that might be the way to go yeah i've but seen a lot way, of people I need to ventilate that room ventilation yeah that was uh that was on my list with my new shop but man i don't know i uh for some reason purchasing a new tool seems so much better than purchase purchasing uh <laughs> oh, air God, purifiers and whatever not <laughs> Because it's not like you're you're not gonna notice it, you know. I mean, you'll notice it in eighty years, but today it's not gonna be like, oh, sweet, I can finally make this project. It's just like, oh, sweet, I can not die. Well, I've been not dying every day. I wanted, I want a grinder, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty spot on. But yeah, I'm gonna need that. So yeah, fun stuff, fun stuff on my end for sure. Now, we're getting close to the wrap-up. We've covered the serious topics like not dying, COVID-19, and choosing your entire future in one day. Now, I think we should pick on something a little bit lighter. And so now I'd like to open it up. Noah, what do you do outside of the shop? You know, who are you? Oh, that is a good question. Um, Let's see. I mean, I spend a lot of time in my shop, but I have uh, I have a hobby farm awesome. that I enjoy. So I love my animals. I have some goats, some chickens, some bantams, uh, bunnies. Um, so that's another big part of what I enjoy doing. Um, outside of that, hanging out with friends. Obviously, COVID's put a little bit of a damper in that. But, I mean, the hobby farm part is a big part for me. Hanging out with the family. I love being outdoors, so uh, hiking. Um, a odd time I'll go up north for for a couple weeks out in the wilderness, which is just truly amazing. So yeah, it's really uh, that's those are kind of some of my other passions that I enjoy doing in my spare time. Yeah, that's awesome. I know that li- I find a lot of makers like uh, the outdoors and animals. We're kind of rustic people, aren't we? Yeah, it would my- certainly certainly seem. Yeah. And my mom was laughing at me because she said all us young makers are so serious. Like, we're like all old people on this show. So, I guess it's pretty accurate, though. <laughs> it would the grinding seem dust like... adds 10 years. No kidding. So, it should be called the Senior Makers Podcast. <laughs> Senior Makers it's, for Young Makers. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I swear we're young. Like, I'm not 50, I'm 15. No, it's great. It's great. I I do sports and stuff. You know, I'm pretty pretty basic. Yeah, we're you know teenager stuff. I mean, hang out with your friends and play some sports and go for a hike. It's all good stuff. Yeah, no kidding. That's uh... so. Yeah. Noah, it's been a really good show. It's been. Uh, I I have to do the math because we've broken up so many times. But I mean, I think it's over an hour. And we've covered some, you know, so we'll cover some deep topics. It's been a very good conversation. 
um, and I've really enjoyed it. So now I'd like to open it up to you for if you have a question for me or some wisdom to spread on the viewers or you know any anything like that i'd like to open it up to you to to guide the podcast to a close yeah um honestly you know what not much to say on my part um aaron i'd like to really thank you um for inviting me on it's been a real pleasure um i enjoy listening to the podcasts and uh it's cool to know that there's such um there's such a there is such a big group of young makers out there and honestly um before i stumbled upon uh, or you stumbled upon me and i stumbled upon your podcasts i wasn't even aware at how many young makers there are um and other makers in canada so it's you know it's been a real pleasure being able to spend this time with you man i truly appreciate it yeah man it's been really good to have you on and i'm glad that you like the show and I'm glad that it's opened you up to, uh, to uh, you know, this this community is really vibrant and there's a lot more people in here than you'd think. I'm surprised all the time when I find new people too. There's a lot of us. And so I hope that you, you know, connect with some other young makers. I mean, you know, I'd love to see some young maker projects coming up soon. So, you know, I'm hoping to build the community. So it's good to have you on and you're helping contribute to that. So, yeah. I mean that was that was super great. Well said. So um, yeah, thank you so much for coming. Thank you all, you listeners, so much for listening and tuning in every week on Tuesday. And um, you know, check out check out the rest of the shows on the Makery Network. They're all really great. Uh, there's new shows coming out all the time. There's you know multiple shows a day coming out now. Over 600 hours of listening that you can, you know, of content uploaded on the Makery. So go and check it out for sure. And, you know, thank you for listening. And until next time, keep making, keep listening. Good night. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.